Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have with me a very special guest, T.L. Coughlin. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime. I was really, like we talked about we recording, I was really excited once I saw your book. I was just like, follow. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's a must. Oh, thanks. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, if you guys don't know, um, I follow a lot of people on, I'm sure you guys know by now because I talk about all the time, but <laughs> I find all these people on Twitter in particular. So I feel like Twitter's like my kind of water cooler sort of thing. And, uh, you know, find a lot of people that I enjoy. And yeah, I was really excited Absolutely. too. Uh, as soon as I clicked on your, your profile, I saw that book cover and I just looked at the title and I was like, yeah, I'm in. And then I saw the blur, but I don't even think I got more than three lines in. And I was just like, yep. That's <laughs> awesome. That's on my awesome. Kindle right now. So I'm actually excited to, uh, to get to it <laughs> after fantastic. my other read. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> we're going to start right in with that first question, which I'm really interested to hear. Uh, what has your writing journey been like up until this point? I would say it's it's rather unique, but also not. Um, COVID would definitely played a part in it. Um, so way back when, back when I was in high school, I actually was part of a creative writing class, and I was super excited. And I loved it absolutely. But you know, being raised in you know Canadian Asian family, it's it's uh, I'm half and half, so it's a little bit more strict. And it was never something that I thought I could necessarily pursue, but I loved the course, so I took it. And then my teacher. Um, she basically read one of my short stories, which was about my grandfather, my yeah, yeah, on my mother's side. And she says, you have what it takes. You're a true writer. This is fantastic. Please pursue this. Like you have what it takes to get far. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like that's super nice of her. Like it just, not just an A, but also, you know, those yeah. words of, uh, you know, kindness and stuff. But I, I never thought about it after that because I went to humanities, biology and university and then basically only until COVID until I could finally like breathe after I got, you know, like the consistent job and everything. I went through my yearbook and I saw that message from her and I was like, why have I never pursued this? Like it was such an important part of my life. Books are such a huge part of my life. I I just kept sitting there. I'm like, why? And then I actually met up with PL Stewart and he's the one that um, ended up publishing a book. And I was like, that's, that's possible. He was the first person I knew that actually published a book. So it made it so much more real. And I'm like, this is a thing. This is something that I can actually pursue. So he told me exactly what you're saying with the the whole uh, water cooler thing. Um, Go on Twitter, connect on Twitter, create that author platform, get your ideas out there and see what it would be like, right? He's like, test the waters. So um, I tweeted this thing that was basically the the hook for my book, which was uh, why are there dragon mythology and various cultures across the globe? Like, sure, it could be dinosaurs. But that's boring. Yeah. You don't want like dinosaurs are overdone now. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Like why? So that one question basically set me off into this entire journey. And I wrote of us and them. And um, I absolutely loved it. Went through like so many courses to make sure I knew what was current, what was like um, the true techniques, I guess, to writing and making sure I went through the betas. I learned all about the literary world, which is expansive. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. just so much to learn and you never know. And once I drafted it, I started querying. So that whole querying journey was like a monster in and of itself. You know, I don't think I was technically emotionally prepared for Mm. it because you really have to be emotionally prepared. Um, But it was a really cool adventure to just try and see and get, like he said, get my idea out there and see what it would be like. Um, So at, at the end, it was always the same. It was, you know, this is a really, really cool concept. Um, you have fantastic writing, but it's too niche it's too niche. It's too niche. It doesn't fit. And I was like, 
seen that and I'm like, that's, that's cool and all, but where exactly does my book fit into the industry? And so I came across this small publisher called Darkstroke and they specialize in dark fiction and they were just entering the young adult sphere. And so I sat there and I was like, okay, this is really fascinating because mine definitely is dark fiction. It's a, it's a murder mystery wrapped up in science fantasy. And um, it's a, it's a huge like look at like the human condition and fate versus future and where you can like play your role in this massive expanse of the universe. Right. Um, And so I submitted to them and within, I think it was a month I, uh, they reached out, they said, I'd love to see your full. I sent them the full. And then within a week I was signed. So it was an immediate connection. And I said, you know what, this is the right journey for this book. I still want to query. I still want to get that agent, but for this book specifically, this was the right fit for sure. So it's pretty much where I got to this point. And now um, I amassed a fantastic group of followers. I'm connecting with tons of people on Twitter. I have my book in, in my hands now and I can smell it, breathe it, you know, <laughs> and it, it's just such a, it's, it's wild, you know, absolutely wild of a journey, but uh, very, very thankful to be on it for sure. So. That's super cool. I love your cover, by the way. I, it just like drew Thank me you. in like as soon as I saw it. And I feel like a lot of them too, it's like hard for the JPEGs, you know, to, to really draw you in, but yours with the design, and the color, I was like, I really need to figure out what this is. So I had, right? like, I love graphic design. Like I originally wanted to be yeah. an illustrator. So I, I just get attracted to the art very easily. And I've been talking about it on here. Like, yeah. Right. Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. I got I'm so jealous. I can't it's do just, that. Oh, it's so <laughs> stunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's honestly so stunning. I'm like, if I could get this done on a wall where, like you said, the, the resolution was nice, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, that, that's it. That's my library wall, right? But uh, no, I was really excited because I found those images and I sent them to my publisher. My publisher is really, really good on like cooperating through the cooperative process of creating the cover. They always said like a lot of the times you don't get that choice. You don't get that um to put in what you want, you know, to make it something that you're, you're excited about or you're proud of, like you're going to be marketing this book until you're blue in the face. So it has to be something that you love. And they're really good about that. So I actually had my own sketch and uh, I do some like digital artwork on the side. Oh, so cool. I created it and then he just made it like really, really nice and fancy and clean. Right. So uh, no, I was so excited because it was exactly what I wanted and what I envisioned as I was writing this book. Right. And uh, I came across this picture probably like, three weeks into my writing journey and I was like that's it that's it that's that's exactly what I want to emote when people look at that cover and go what does that mean (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) because it makes you want to read the blurb like I was like oh that's a really cool title but then I saw the cover and I was like okay now I got to read the blurb like I was there within five seconds uh (laughs) yes I just feel like I feel like you need a cover that makes people a cover and a title that makes people want to read the blurb otherwise I feel like they'll just pass it so yeah it definitely made me want to read the cover and you know, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. I like the title. And I was like, flip it over and um, you know, scroll down on Twitter. And I was like, yep, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Yep, yeah, here we go. For sure, so. And like, yeah. as, as always to our audience, you know, we'll have, um, you know, the descriptions and the links and stuff like that um, all in there. So if you're listening to this on YouTube, Spotify, RSS.com, um, make sure you guys go ahead and check out the description. Check out 
first book here. It's going to be the first link there. Just, just do it. Just do it. You know, I've never steered you guys wrong in the past. It's just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys. <laughs> Me yeah. and Nike always say it like, just do it. Click on that office. Just do profile. it. Yeah. It's so easy. <laughs> just three words. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> love exactly. It. I love it. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm really glad that that worked out for you. Uh, I feel like, you know, that sounds to me like a really good fit, especially somebody, you know, who's allowing you to be you and value, valuing you, you know, as an author and your decisions and things like that. I just feel like, you know, again, like you said, not everybody gets that. And I feel like it turns them off, you know, from certain publishers or, you know, or publishing, you know, or querying or anything like that. So I'm really happy to hear that, you know, there's companies like yours, you know, who are, you know, actually listening to authors because you guys are the ones that know what you're talking about, particularly about your book. So. <laughs> well, there's so many strategies now, right? Like whether it's hybrid, independent, traditional, I feel Stuart and I have talked about it till, you know, the ends of the earth, right? Just because the definitions are always changing and now more often the more choice there is, the better fit it will be, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, still querying is definitely a part of my journey. I'm querying my uh, second separate series right now and I'm, I'm cool. absolutely loving the process. So hopefully one day it'll be picked up, but yeah. you know, you still have that big of the big five trad, you know, but um, you know, wherever that ends up, you know, what, what's the saying? Shoot, shoot for the moon. But if you miss, you land among the stars. That's yep. kind of exactly what I'm just going for. So hope for the best. Anything yeah. else less is still, is still yeah. really awesome. So, yeah. What's interesting. You say that, that you're still querying because I have a friend who had said that, you know, he, so he went, you know, tried doing traditional didn't work. So he did Amazon and then, but like he, through the querying process, he got a couple of things for feedback that he changed. Well, that ended up helping him a lot more with sales because he like went back, rebranded his book and things and changed a few particular things. So I definitely feel like, you know, even if somebody just gives you good feedback, you know, and they see books all the time, you know, even if it's like an advertising thing or something like that, even if it's not a writing thing, I feel like, you know, it's still a, it's still good to know exactly what they're looking for, particularly if you are doing a new series. So. Yeah, that's super cool. Exactly. Is that going to be, uh, I don't know if you can talk about it yet, but is that, is that going to be set in like the same universe or is that going to be like its own separate thing or? Total different separate thing. Oh, yeah. So cool. I went why fantasy with this. So I went back to my, you know, my childhood reads and everything. And um, I basically, so I, because I'm mixed race, um, all of my main characters always multiracial. So Everin, she is, she's half, she's half everything. That's the entire point of the book is like human evolution and kind of combining cool. genes and combining cultures and combining everything that's so that you're at this like apex evolution. Um, but for the second one, um, it's about a jester who's half fae. So oh, cool. but fae in this world. Yeah. Yeah. It's inspired. Sold. by uh, Sold. <laughs> right, right. So it's actually set in, um, in like a Sicilian inspired Island and I'm oh, part Sicilian, part Maltese. So for me, like the Italian side is really, really strong as well. So I kind of wanted to feed into that. And um, yeah, so it's basically her journey, but it's it's based off of the Italian origins of Morgan Le Fay. And Morgan Le Fay is like one of the coolest characters that's so undersold because, you know, yeah. King Arthur takes the lead and then and you know, leaves her yep. in the dust. Yeah. And she's such a complex character. So I kind of reinvented her origins through a couple of um, smaller myths about her within Europe, oh, cool. mostly within Italy and, and France. So there's like this, um, there's this thing called uh, the Fata Morgana, which is basically Morgan Le Fay in Italian, but across the sea, they kept seeing this, this illusion 
of a floating island and this is real like this is actually oh, I, I've, I've this researched is that yeah yep. yeah you've yep. seen that right? a lot yep. so yep. um they always say that oh it's it's morgana's uh castle in the sky and i said why, why would she want a castle in the sky why would she want to be removed from her people right and so that's kind of what the story uh, focuses on so cool. it's it's really fun it was a total different experiment but at the same time the same because i'm taking myths and giving a different explanation for them you know rather than retelling them it's reimagining them so that's definitely something I seem to be really enjoying because yeah. I don't know, myths and legends were always so cool as a kid. Like I would always tell my dad, can you, can you tell me about this one? Can you tell me about this one? Like, how about this one? Like he would quiz me on like all the Lord of the Rings, you know, myths, legends, details. So for me, it's just so ingrained. Like, I guess part of me that at that point, like inspiration has to come from within somewhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Oh, that's really cool. Well, congratulations. You just sold one and you're not even done yet. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you let me know as soon as you're ready and I'll set my pre-order. That just sounds awesome. <laughs> sounds good. Thank that's you. Super cool. Thank you. I love that though. Cause like, I'm um, like, I have like a Roman Legion. Uh, I'm taking the lost Roman Legion and I'm explaining why they're lost. So I'm doing like historical urban fantasy. I'm having them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Like come up against the zombies. So then I'm only going to have a couple left. And then later on as they're traveling back to Rome, um, I'm going to have them, I don't know which order yet, but I'm going to have them the second book, like encounter werewolves and then like third one, like vampires and Rome. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. That's yeah. so fun. I, I love, love that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> like you, you got, I mean, I'm totally with you. I just, I love that kind of stuff. I, I, I would like to, to do like an Avengers assemble style um, urban fantasy where like you take Val, like I have a really cool young Valkyrie, like half Valkyrie. And then I like have a whole thing with her and then I got like a monster hunter essentially um I'm coming up with like a whole That's so cool yeah like I just love that stuff I love combining urban fantasy with mythology like Dirk Ashton's one of those but Patricia Briggs, yeah they, they both I feel like do such a good job Patricia Briggs like I'll read anything she writes if she yeah puts in mythology like I just I'm, I'm always so jealous of her it's like I just feel like she does such a good job bringing mythology into you know our modern world and you know creating these amazing clashes of characters but yeah i'm right there with exactly yeah right so sold sold you let me know (laughs) (laughs) awesome awesome i I give you my money now if you want to reserve that's fine i should put that in my query right i already yeah you should yeah so yeah (laughs) please please and thank you yeah she's like this guy does nothing like this this guy's poor wife has to watch him haul books home all the time (laughs) like i have so many paperbacks i've been going through for friends that i haven't even gotten to my kindle that my wife bought me over like over christmas so it's like i've been so busy working but yeah, I'm like, <laughs> that just sounds very interesting. I think they're also, you said like, you know, your niche, like what that's what they were saying. I think there needs to be like a, like a fantasy niche, like in like a, like a subgenre and then a sci-fi one. So that if you're somebody like me and you like, you know, those kinds of things and more unique things like you and um, Jay, Diane Dotson are very similar, I think with um, mixing fantasy and sci-fi and, you know, mythology too. And I just think that that's what I want. So I just want to be able to go to that subgenre on Amazon and just find your book and be able to find it. Yeah. yeah. It seems to be its own, its own beast right now. And yeah. this is the thing, like a lot of people in the industry are realizing you have to have a unique idea, right? Yeah, That's always yeah. this, the, the point. And it's like, okay, but the tropes and the, you know, the cliches and the fantastic things that make you excited, they're usually just stuck to one genre and exactly. you're just sitting there and you're like, yeah, but why can't we we meld them right? right so that was a huge thing which was the genre blending and I was just like this is so me because also hi I'm mixed right so <laughs> everything about me is going to be mixed whether yeah. it's, it's you know my books my you know so for me it's just such an important thing to just kind of and you're also reaching so many so many more people yeah. from that point right like That's the audience point. is so huge too right so it seems kind of odd that you know sometimes 
you might get that, you know, that doesn't seem right for me. It's like, well, I'm diving into two different worlds, but then they say, well, where does it fit on a bookshelf, right? In the, in the, in the bookstores. I'm like, that is a valid question. On <laughs> my shelf. It fixes it. On my shelf in the middle. Well, if it's, on, it's, it's Dan's, it's on Dan's shelf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right exactly. Yeah. 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 I totally so, agree with you. I mean, like, like, yeah. I just find like why especially is really starting to do that genre blending. Like they're really yeah. aiming for that. Like you said, urban fantasy and like contemporary fantasy or blending that with, I've, I've seen some science fantasies coming out too, right? Yeah, and so it's just like it's really exciting because I know that this is going to be like the future of it, which is like there's going to be no genre. Just what's cool, what's not, <laughs> what, what what hits you, and what what doesn't, right? So no, totally, yeah, for sure, no, totally. Sure. I I was just saying I disagree with you too. Like I like I was just talking to a friend of mine. Like even like with characterization, like because I had these characters for my own fantasy world, and I was like, okay, and I was like, they're missing something, and I was like, oh. I was like, there's, I, I just wasn't using the right characters. So then I was like, I created much better countries, much better, you know, I took a lot of different cultures and just made them like, just super cool <laughs> compared to the, yeah. I was like, I, my friend goes, okay, you want to know what your problem is? I go, yeah, please. I like, please tell me. Cause it's just boring for me to write at this point. He goes, it's just European. Like, it's just, he's like, you're in the UK. And he goes, do you even like to read those types of books? I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I really don't. I'm like, you know, I'm really into right, Forgotten yeah. Realms and Dragonlance. I feel like they have a lot of different characters from different races, you know, different species, whatever you want to call it. You know, they have a lot of different cultures. And I was like, that's what I enjoy reading. He goes, well, that's what you should write. So that's yeah. like what I've done now. And I'm like, oh, it's just so much more interesting. But then now I'm too, I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, do I want to do more of a fantasy sci-fi blend? You know, like, again, it's just, yeah. now at this point reading, I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'll still read it if it's a typical I don't want to say typical, but you know, like your traditional, yeah, yeah. you know, fantasy yes, sci-fi. Yeah. But I found recently, like books like yours, though, have kept me far more engaged. Like Will White's, like Cradle series, you know, taking that again, fantasy and sci-fi, and mixing it in where you have those elements. Like I'm tearing through them, so I just feel like personally, I'm the type of reader now who I've read so many fantasy and sci-fi books. I just I need the blending and I need a unique idea. Otherwise, yeah. I'm gonna have to get to it later and read a book like yours first. So. Because there's like a degree of, um, you don't know what to expect. You yes. don't know where it's going to go because, you know, with a whole bunch of different genres, you're like, okay, I know like the setup. I know that the hero is going to find something really cool and that's going to help him on his journey. You know what I mean? But you want to see that from a different angle. And, and like for myths and legends, we don't have to necessarily leave them in the past. We can like take them, run with them, give it a totally different angle and, and reinvigorate it. Right. And I know that there's like huge discourse um, I think it was like almost last year where people were talking about um, different angles on this legends. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're all saying, well, it's overdone. It's done now. And I'm like, there's so many different ways that you can take it. And the reason why we love Miss legends is because it connects us on a totally different degree. Right. Mm -hmm. Like almost everyone in the world knows some part of a Thurian legend, yeah. right. Or know some part of dragon mythology, for example, like, which is exactly why I took it. Like the more research I did, the more I'm sitting there going, this is so cool. Like I, I'm not even writing it. History is writing it itself, right? The yeah. connections and how, you know, one culture across the globe can link to another so, so distinctly. And I'm like, this is really, really cool. So like at that point, why would I leave that in the past? This is something that's yeah. totally worth exploring and sharing with a new generation. Right. So yeah. Yeah, I could talk about this for, for no, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I, <laughs> I said, love this stuff. <laughs> well, like you said, Morgan Le Fay, and like I, there was somebody recently, I'm going to feel so bad. 
but I was just watching like a, a TV show and I think it was older, but like they had taken Morgan Le Fay um, and just had, I can't believe I can't remember who, where I was watching, but um, yeah, like they had taken her and updated her character a lot and made her more of a, you know, like more of an actual person, um, kind of like what they did with the TV show Merlin. Like I felt like they actually made mm-hmm. her, a, you know, you actually got to see where she came from and she wasn't just some outrageous villain. But yeah, I, did, I definitely exactly, agree with her. Yeah. Like, She's very interesting. And I think with characterization, like out of anybody, she's the most interesting. And like, I feel like, like Arthur's Because there's so many questions around her, right? Like you just don't know. And again, you don't know what to expect. Is she going to be a hero at this point? Or is she going to be a villain? Like she's so morally gray. And I absolutely love that. And that's what I, I really, really focused on. Like it wasn't necessarily how her future fits in with my character, um, the, with the one that I'm querying, which is, uh, a motley fool. But for that, it's like, well, why? Why did she make those choices? What what brought her to that point where she yeah. felt like she was ostracized and isolated and became this massively powerful being, and yet at the same time always thrown to the side, you know? And it's like, well, how did I, how, how did we get there? Yeah, you yeah. know. So, and my inspiration was actually from <laughs> Magic, the Magic Treehouse books. Back from oh, when man. I was a kid, she played a huge role in it. And she was always my favorite character. Like every time she came in, I'm like, "Uh oh, the kids are in for it now. You know what I mean? And it was such a simple nod to it that I'm like, where are the books about her? You know, like even if it's, even if it's vague, which in a way mine kind of is kind of isn't because it draws on a lot of other myths like in France as well. But it's just like, where is she? (laughs) Where is she in history? Let's talk about her. And I think that there's so many opportunities to do that in like every culture, right? And to bring that forward right so like my next book that I'm planning is to do some kind of urban fantasy twist but from the Chinese angle so from Chinese lore and stuff like that still not still working it out but at the same time it's something that like I grew up with right so it's it's something that's very close to my heart and I want to share it with the world so that's kind of what you always got to focus on right and I I like what your friend said like would you read this right yeah it's always the question that you have to ask yourself like yeah. you are the, the the audience and then from there you consider everybody else right so yeah yeah that's why i really liked um, oh, um kelly mccullough's books the fallen blade series like he i mean he took a, a asian culture and created these amazing um kingdoms and mixed fey in with um those types of legends you know kind of took like a different different take on fey and elves and things but i mean it was mm-hmm. just like it's a brilliant world they have like amazing like one of the water dragons in it is one of the coolest like I don't know he just had so many great things I was like oh, I just love this I was like I told him in our interview I was like not enough people like I love Asian culture and like I just mm-hmm. feel like history too like especially with you know where I grew up in the Midwest it's like you don't learn about that nearly enough I'm a history teacher and it's like I want to teach about that with world history because those kind of things get yeah over, you know like I take exactly I, I can take Kwando for years I'm a huge into martial arts and I just I love the you know the culture the history and I mean, Tokugawa period is like my favorite time period, just in terms of that part of the world. Um, and I even just, yeah. and, but yeah, it's just like, it's just cool. And I, I like to see people expand because again, I'm kind of over the same old, same old, but. <laughs> exactly. And, and the thing is like, even if it's so different, there's so many ways that you can still connect with it. Yeah. Right. I know like there was this huge argument recently about um, Turning Red, the new Pixar movie. Oh, that's yeah. featuring. A Chinese Canadian, which oh is freaking awesome. But people yeah, were like, I can't so relate good. to this. And I'm like, have you been through puberty? Because if yeah. you have, then you can relate yeah, to yeah. it because that's the entire point. But, but you can like, relate to a like, toy, though. You could relate to a bunch of toys. <laughs> exactly. 
I don't understand. Cars, like cars, a yep. rat that can rat. fuck, you know, that's okay. Okay, sure, you know, but um, Pirate, I guess in the end, it's to each their own, but at the same time, like even, you know, the concept of filial piety, like that's huge, right? Like the kuchi aspect in, in, in Chinese culture. But the thing is, is that that same degree of, of necessity for respect is, is pervasive in so many cultures, you know, and a lot of, you know, even Western families grew up with that same kind of, you know, household and upbringing and stuff like that. So I feel like no matter what, there's always ways you can connect with it. It's whether, yeah, yeah. you know, you like cartoons or not yeah, <laughs> at that point, yeah. right? But I, you know, look I, at the bigger picture, sir. Yeah, <laughs> is it just because you don't like Pixar movies? <laughs> so. I kind of, you know, I had, a, I had a, we talk a lot about this in my history class. I just, I feel it's important that, you know, looking at history. Um, and I guess this is why I don't like to write about those things because it's real life, you know, and some things that I like, I want to expand on different ideas, but I just feel like you can look at any history book and see that a white man wants to keep his power and be in charge. Um, and one of my girls like brought that up. She's like, yeah, did you hear about this? Because we talk about current events a lot. <laughs> and I was like, I did. She goes, yeah, just an example of another white man trying to keep his power. And my co-teacher looked at me and we were both just like, did it bro <laughs> like, that's yeah like slow uh, clap that's yep, where it yep, is yep. <laughs> you know we're just like wow like that's it we didn't even really I didn't even connect it you know I was just upset because I'm like it's a cartoon you know I feel like again you have toys pirates cars but you can connect with those people but again not a kid yeah going through puberty or you know these changes just in a different I, culture like I thought it looked like, hilarious <laughs> like I'm excited oh, like, to take my nephew like, yeah like I know yeah. this to be his next he loves um Ron's gone wrong uh, and he mm. always, he always calls it Ron's, Ron's all gone. <laughs> uh, oh, but I know that's going to be like his next one. Cause he loves to pretend, yeah. and, you know, just the, the red panda, just in general. I mean, Oh, it's perfect. It's, right. Yeah, I think it's cool. Cause again, and they're so cute. Mythology, yeah. You're taking mythology and you're adding it. I mean, ah, that's the same thing they said with Coco, you know, and then that became like, you know, and it was amazing. Chicago. It was so amazing. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. And that, there's so many ways that you can relate to it, whether it's one character on the side or the main character, you know, yeah, you can yeah. find your place in it for sure. So yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. <laughs> I told my family. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was like, don't I take it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm ready yeah. to go. <laughs> um, so I, I just wanted for the audience, because I've, I've looked at your blurb quite a bit and reviews and things, but what is your book of us and them about? All right. So there's so many different angles to this, but I guess the main one is you follow 17 year old Evren, um, and she, she lives a very sheltered life, um, very nomadic, you know, from international school to international school. But uh, the reason why she's so kept, you know, guarded is because she's one of the 12 vessels for the Leviathans and the Leviathans are these dragon aliens. So Allah and McCaffrey, you know, and I, it's, it's super cool. And you just don't know what it is, but the, the entire education and what she grew up with is um, myths, legends, cultures across the globe and how Leviathans basically influence earth. So they come in, they, they, they visit and they adapt history and change it for the better or worse or create strife to promote human evolution. So that is their aim. So they come on earth, they take this form. And because, you know, the human um, humans back then can't necessarily visualize aliens, they take what they know, horse, serpent, you know, um, there's stag even at that point too. And they explain it in some way, shape or form, which has created the imagery of dragons. So the reason why all these cultures throughout the globe have it is because the Leviathans have entered Earth to influence history, mm. to push evolution to its apex. 
So these 12 vessels are, um, they're known as paladins, which is also, again, bringing in a little bit of mythology and legend there. Um, but basically, they're raised to become vessels for these, these species because they've reached the apex form of human evolution. So all 12 of these uh, paladins are mixed race, multiracial. They got their genes, you know, fully, fully <laughs> melded and creating this new breed of human mm. at that point. And because of that, they have a little bit more special strength, special hearing, and so on and so forth. And they have their chosen weapon. So this entire time, she's being raised in this small, sheltered, guarded community of her own with her mother. And her mother is the leader of the organization that has hidden the Leviathans in our world history. So they've always adapted throughout time to make sure that it's nothing scary. It's no alien influence. It's purely just dragons on earth. Right. Oh, cool. So she's, she's dreaming about joining it. She finally ends up joining it. And uh, the problem is, is that somebody is hunting the paladins down. They find one who's been murdered and they have to figure out what's going on because if they don't have all 12 or if they don't have enough or if they don't please the leviathans will not come back down to earth and bring human evolution to its next stage so there's a lot of pressure a lot of high stakes some murder mystery a science fantasy all wrapped into one but i do put in a lot of myths and legends and like i said history kind of wrote it itself the more research i did the more i'm like oh okay this is fantastic this fits perfectly you know with my storyline almost convincing me that maybe this is the truth right <laughs> and and the, those are the books that i've always loved is where you read and you go well why can't this be possible why can't this be real you know that's that's really really fascinating to me so that's pretty much the concept and you're you're spun on this murder mystery and you don't know who to trust and she doesn't either because she's in this entire society that's built on deceit. They purposely hide everything in history. So how can you trust anyone there? Yeah. Right. So it adds a little bit of a different angle. So yeah. That's, oh, that's cool. Book one. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I just love, like you. you made a really good point and I like how you went with this. I, I know. I mean, just like thinking back to, you know, the times where I've read, you know, different mythology within Asian cultures where dragons, dragons have, particularly Asian culture, I feel like from what I've read in mythology, like they do help a lot, right? Like they, they're guardians, you know, they pass on knowledge, you know? So I just, I liked how you took that concept. To me, that just makes total sense with, you know, the different things that I've read um, and some of the things that like I've enjoyed the most, um, you know, in terms of mythology with dragons, like, especially like, I feel like water dragons for me in particular are the coolest, like, but yeah, like, oh my I, goodness. I, I like how you did Especially that. Especially Japanese water dragons. Yes. Just like, oh yes. my gosh, so complex, yeah. right? But that was the entire point. So I actually split it into two, which is Western and Eastern ideologies of these leviathans or dragons oh, cool. from that perspective. And like, why is it that as they grow more to the West that they um, lose toes? So mm. in mythology, they go from mm. five fingers to four fingers yeah, yeah, to yeah. three fingers, you know? And like, there, there's so much of this, this common uh, uh, knowledge. And I obviously bring in like serpents, um, you know, even from there, like the, the world serpent, you know, yeah. who wraps itself around Midgard, you know, so I, I obviously bring a lot of that into it. And that's where like the imagery of the, oh, I guess you can't really see the robberist there, right? Oh, yeah of the dragon eating its tail, that's, oh, that's the cool. mark on the back of her neck. And that's what she has to wait until it conjoins in order to evolve and become part of the secret oh, society. Cool. <laughs> so that's, so th that imagery really, really plays a huge important part throughout the entire series because it's beginning meets end. Like where is your role in this cyclical universe, you know? So it's kind of, 
taking all these mythologies and wrapping it into my own, um, whether you want to call it ideology, religion, cultural, it, it can be anything really. So, uh, yeah, that's what made me so excited. I can nerd out about this yeah. <laughs> for, for a long time, but you're, you're totally right with the wisdom and knowledge and, and like the pearl of wisdom, pearl of knowledge. They always, um, you know, you always see yeah. the dragons with, with the ball, right? And um, sometimes they have haunches, like in, in Turkish culture, the dragons that they have actually look more like horses or like mm. griffins in a way, right? They've got those massive wings, but they take on a little bit of a form and it's very common to the Welsh dragon form. Uh, physiology as well right so there's so many ways that that connects and you're like how did they connect right yeah. so yeah kind of stuck in my own answer to that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i think some of you guys just got bumped on my tbr hashtag not sorry so <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny it's so it's, hard to yeah. to keep it to to such a short you know, like it's for no, me, like totally. I could have written about this for like 140,000 words, you know, oh, but yeah. to, to create it into like the YA acceptable, you know, word count, yeah, it was yeah. really, really hard. And there's so much more I want to expand on, which is why it's, which is why it's book one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so I guess yeah. that, well, I, I can't remember if I asked this. I, mean, I might've asked it later. <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to make sure I don't mess up our, our order here um yeah that just I don't know to me that just sounds awesome <laughs> like especially with the tattoo like Thanks. even even like there are some ideas where I'm just like okay that's awesome <laughs> like um <laughs> like oh, I don't want to never mind I won't ruin it for there's one thing that Batman does where it's so simple of world building where I'm like yeah I almost asked that question too early uh there, there's some something so simple that he does in terms of world building that I was like that I like looked around the theater I was like did nobody else just see that? Did you catch I like, that? Yeah, I was like, that was so simple, but so cool. And that for your the tattoo, like that too is like one of those things for me where I'm like, oh, that is really like I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Like that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah. Well, like when Wheel of Time came out with that uh, that image too, I was like, whoa, that's that's really cool. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't steal my idea, but at the same time, yeah. I want to watch it. You know? Yeah. No, <laughs> it, like the hair and marks. I mean, it's been written yeah. forever, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like I so love. The there's hair so many different blade. ways to interpret. Yeah. yeah. There's just cool things like that. You're just like, you just geek out. You're like, that's just cool. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like whether it's books that came before us, books that will come after us, you know, it's the interpretation of all these different, you know, worlds, right. And images and stuff that, that makes it so unique because in the end, that's what everything's subjected to. It's, it's human subjectivity. How did we understand it? Right. The pyramids of Giza, do we think they're actually built by aliens or not? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) there's so many ways, Yes, but uh, (laughs) there's so many ways to interpret it. Right. So it's kind of just giving that answer to something that we, yeah. We likely will never know so yeah well speaking of pl stewart yeah like him and i were discussing i think i think it was during our interview or before we started recording um i just enjoyed our conversation i just forgot but like yeah like i um <laughs> i'm one of those historians like i've i feel like i've just seen so many things where it's like i feel like there had to be some sort of civilization like ancient civilization before um you know, mm-hmm. was, and now it's like there's so many things that just popped up within the last two weeks that people have found you know and that's what I said to my friend. He goes, he goes, you're so stuck in mythology. And I'm like, how could you because not? Because be it's still in- growing. Yeah. I'm like, we, yeah. we literally find out all these cities, like, you know, um, oh, not Mahindradaro, but there's that other one, you know, that they thought was just, you know, in the Bhagavad Gita and uh, the Vin- Yes, you yes, know, and like, yeah. I'm like, well, what's to stop us? I'm like, who's to say that somebody hasn't already discovered a vinyasa, you know, and like just kept it for themselves, you know, because it's going to be more exactly. advanced than we have. And, 
you know, I just, I, it, again, like I had a friend who did that for a short story and there's allegedly this rumor that the U S troops in India, um, actually like in Cambodia found a vinyasa and then like unearthed it. Um, so I've heard that, like, there were a lot wow. of really interesting stories about it. And I was just like this, you know, the fantasy and science fiction and the historian in me was like, oh my gosh, like, that'd be amazing. And I was like, that'd be so like our government here in the United States to hide that, you know, and <laughs> studying it. Yeah. So he, exactly. my friend wrote a short story about it and it was so like, I, it was years oh, ago, but awesome. it was so cool, you know? And I said to my other friend, I was like, how can you not like think of something like that, even with a rumor and just like your mind just go, you know, like exactly. mind goes a mile exactly. a minute, like. Yeah, I just yeah. think there's so much there. So true. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so we kind of went over where did you come up with this idea for book one? But is there anything that you kind of want to add to that process or? Yeah. Um, so again, that question was always the big one. So mm -hmm. it actually came from a docu-fiction oh, way cool. back when, when I was in April. It was on April 1st, which as a kid, you know, I didn't really realize it was, you know, April Fool's Day. But um, <laughs> I think it was... I don't know if it's Nat Geo or or another, you know, planet. I think it was on Planet Animal Planet, and it was about dragons and how they found this body of a dragon and it was real and they found the bones and it explained, you know, all these bones being found throughout the world. I was so engrossed in it. I was so excited. I'm like, Dad, Dad, dragons are real. And my dad's just like chuckling behind his hand, going like, it's an April Fool's joke, right? It was a docu, it was a docu fiction, and I'm like, I don't even know what that means, right? But as a kid, it was like, it was like my dream came true. You know what I mean? That feeling. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it's real. It can be yeah. real. So I've always thought about that for like years and years. And that's why, like, I loved Anne McCaffrey's take on dragons and how they mm. came from like an alien world. Right. So, like, I don't necessarily take it from that perspective because these these dragons are more, I guess, humanoid of nature um, in that sense, um, which will be explained later on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like it was just so fascinating to me that you could take something that we think we know and give a different history on it, different spin on it. Right. Which we've already uh, discussed. So. It was actually, so I work a lot of shift work. So um, at the time I was working the midnight shift and with that, you know, there's a lot of lonely driving, you know, you're driving with your own thoughts, you're over exhausted, yeah. your brain is just a pile of mush. And yet usually those are the times where my brain finally comes up with like the weirdest yet coolest concepts. And I'm like, I love that. I need to put it in my notes. You know what I mean? And so it was a drive home, which is I think like 35 minutes. And I wrote the outline for the first book in my head I was like oh, wow. I can answer it like this why have I never thought of this before and I think it really was largely plays from P.L. Stewart publishing his book because finally it was like oh I, I could write a novel why couldn't I you know like everyone seems like it's it always sounds like this huge far-fetched um idea like to yeah. become a published author right especially with independent publishers and people self-publishing now like it makes it so much more real um to do so when I was driving, I was like, well, why can't I? And then I was like, oh, I'll, I'll try it out. And then I thought about it. And then I was like, well, why can't they be dragon aliens? Why can't it be because of human evolution? What if I make it a girl? And at the time, I was super into murder mysteries, like horrifyingly into it. <laughs> you know, watching all of the, those series, um, Stephanie L. Perkins, or Perkins um, she wrote one for a YA audience. And I was like, that's really cool. I didn't know you could make it so, not gruesome necessarily, but something so vivid. 
for a young adult audience. And I was like, oh, like, I guess that's changed too, because as a kid, young adult was so, it was more middle grade, you know, in that sense where it was super clean cut, no references to this, you know? So I was like, okay, if that's possible, why can't I? Right. So yeah, it was along that drive home, created it all typed it furiously once I parked in my driveway. I think I <laughs> stayed in my driveway for like an hour and I was just typing it out. And yeah, that's pretty much where it came from. And then after that, it was just lots of research and full dedicating. But I wrote it so fast because I was like, I, I knew that this was something I just needed to get onto paper. After that, it went through like crazy amount of edits, yeah. <laughs> you know, but writing that first draft was easy. And that's something that I'm now using as as kind of a, a gauge for my next books is is it easy to write or is it not? Is it a chore or is yeah. it not? Right. And it's exactly what you're saying. There's something, whether it's the characters or the background story, like if something doesn't jive, give it a break and you'll make come up with a different angle down the road, right? Or different characters or something yeah. that'll pivotally change it. So yeah. So basically once I was on that road, there's no stopping me. So <laughs> I was really excited. That's awesome. I want to show this to my neighbors and be like, see, I'm not the only one that does this in my driveway late at night. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. People must think I'm so weird, you know, coming back at like 7 a.m., you know, in my dark sweats and stuff like that. And I'm sitting in my driveway. I I probably look very suspicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just need signs. I I live here. Yeah, yeah. Like like particular license plates. Like I am a writer. Like I'm an author. Like that way. Exactly. Because that's like what all my. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah. I was just gonna say it's like what my friend was saying about Google searches. He's like, I hope nobody I just the NSA say is. <laughs> we need a ca- caveat bu- button that says, "I'm a writer. So sorry. I'm not planning any attacks. I'm not planning anything. <laughs> Please know." <laughs> oh my goodness! I was like, really for, catch you for like sci-fi. Like, it had some terrorist stuff going on. You know, like with different um, human and alien species. And uh, yeah, so I was like looking up things and. My friend goes, my best friend, he, I was talking about, he goes, you might want to be careful what you're looking up. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I said, that's so true. He goes, the men in black or whoever's going to be like, CIA's going to be like, on your right. desk, like, like, why are you researching yeah. all these terrorist things? And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll save that for later when people actually know. Who I am. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I say, so there's more there. sources elsewhere <laughs> saying that I'm an author besides myself. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Like an NSA yeah, agent's like, like reading a book of mine and like, no, no, like one of the guys, you know, it's like on lunch is reading my book. He's like, no, no, that guy's cool. He's an author. <laughs> he's good. He's good. Yeah. You got that clearance, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I know like my, my most recent book that I, I'm, I'm writing, I had to research on how to kill somebody with a spoon. Guess what? I am not the only person who's researched that. Okay. <laughs> and that is when you know there's a problem with uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. society, right? But I was like, how do you, how do I phrase this in Google? And, and you know what? Not the first one. Not the first one. That's really <laughs> so funny. Stay, so, so stay tuned because uh, that'll be in one of my uh, subsequent. Oh, that's posts. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> funny because I just know somebody else that did that the other day and was talking about it on a podcast. So you're the second person I've heard. And- Second writer I've heard in like literally like six that's days. Amazing. Yeah, that's, that's really amazing. awesome. Now everybody's <laughs> gonna go and uh and go do that. <laughs> Research it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Cops are gonna be real busy this week. Or, you know? Yeah. <laughs> poor guys. Poor guys. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, awesome. Gosh. Yeah, I feel like I do that a lot in my driveway. I just like, especially like I there's snow right now. Like we're getting all this snow, and I don't know why shoveling in me. Like I just start thinking about you know podcasts and things that I've 
listen to, or I'll think about this interview later. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, ideas pop into my head and I'm like, I hate snow and I'm but I, like, I do my best work after shoveling. So yeah, my wife Cause it's, you're exhausted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't have totally. that like self-imposed filter. Right. Because yeah. you're like so often you're like, Oh, that's a stupid idea. Oh no. Why, why would I explore that? You know, it's like, well, no, those are the exact ideas you should explore. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's a really good idea. Yeah. That's a good point. I actually never considered it that way, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, I feel like we talked quite a bit, but just to double check to make sure we didn't miss anything for how did you go about combining elements of fantasy and sci-fi for this novel? Did you like use, you talked about Anne McCaffrey, you know, and things like that, um, you know, mythology and things, but was there anything in particular that you did with your outline, uh, or your research? Uh, I find a lot of times, and I found this with people too, that want to do a a niche, you know, fantasy or sci-fi. Um, that for me, like, it is very hard sometimes to do research because there is a lot of mythology out there. So I was kind of curious at how you decided on, you know, the mythology for your dragons or, you know, or things like that. Like, is there any insight you can give us into how you went about that for your world building or characterization? Yeah, I think, like, as a kid, I grew up with fantasy so much and I love sci-fi. I absolutely love sci-fi. But sci-fi, there's always an angle of, there's no strict rules. You know what I mean? I find that there's very often, unless you're, you know, in space and there's a lot of rules, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you need to scientifically abide by. We're looking at you, Star Wars, and your sound effects. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's, there's usually not that many rules because it's something that's extremely unexplored, right? So for me, the focus was uh, definitely looking at fantasy aspects of it, especially because I was drawing on myths and legends and making sure um accuracy was there however the spin on doing the sci-fi i found came more more naturally Mm. because you're creating new things right so in in my book there's a this living metal it's an organic metal called draconum yeah so it's called draconum and it plays a massive part in building this so um and and like everyone's attachment towards it so it, it basically hums and sings at a resonance that hums and sings with the paladins. And that's where they oh, know that cool. they're chosen. It, it doesn't affect anyone else, but it, it sings from their heart, soul, whatever, mind, body, matter, particles, atoms, whatever you want to call it, it they, they resonate. And um, so I really wanted to, to focus on those aspects, but those things, the science, the science fiction aspects were very, very natural to me. It was, mu- it was much more like, how do I explain how do they get here? You know what I mean? Or how do I explain the portals or how do I explain all of that? It, it was a much more easier explanation. So I feel like the more regimented structured part was the fantasy aspect because I was drawing on myths and legends, right? If you're not, I mean, it's, it's awesome because you can create any creature you want, right? Yeah. Very similar to science, uh, science fiction as well. But from the fantasy that I was drawing on the paladins and, you know, the, the the symbols and the history and the education that they went through the words the terminology that was all much more structured so for me like when I created the outline that was the focus where can I introduce this where do I introduce that without overloading the reader and that, that was something that was difficult for me because for me like, I love legends and stories so there is one um, reference to a legend and it's at the very beginning and I was always so worried I'm like is this too much world building? And I'm sure for some people it may be, but for, for people who I know were like me, it, it's something that like, I need that to set my brain so that the rest yeah. of the book, I can think of it with that framework, right? Especially because I'm introducing something that seems so, I guess, bizarre to some people, right? Um, it doesn't fit in the definition that we have as dragons in our head, right? So uh, yeah, it was definitely 
difficult, I would say, to combine the elements in some frames, but uh, really like I focused on science fiction as being the playful side of it. So that definitely kind of changed a little bit too, because this is set in the future. It's that where climate change has basically destroyed our world. Humans have destroyed our world. You know, um, the air isn't as breathable. So a lot of people are staying in their homes and stuff. Um, and like the secret society is on a mountain in the Rocky Mountains, the Canadian Rocky Mountains. So at that, you know, altitude, it's a lot better actually in terms of because humans haven't touched it. <laughs> so yeah, it's, there's definitely a whole bunch of different angles to consider, but playful aspect with science fiction for sure in the, in this book which I know for a lot of other people, it's not, yeah. <laughs> it can be the complete opposite. So um, I guess to sum that up, I mean, it depends on the book that you're writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, totally. And what your focus is on. So, yeah. yeah. I just know like I know people. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying it was a long-winded answer for, <laughs> for something. Oh, no, straight, no, no. <laughs> well, you got, me, you got me thinking. That's why I like doing this podcast. It gets me thinking about some different things. And Well, yeah, I like how you talked about like you know going from one side and then letting the other side you know in terms of fantasy and sci-fi kind of like let one lead I think that's a lot of the issue I've had personally trying to do it is like trying to go down the middle I guess you could say you know or maybe I don't think I've done that so I think I need to try to you know try that more I feel like fantasy comes to me a lot easier so maybe taking more fantasy and then um like I just I really liked reading about your book because I was like oh I really want to see how she does this because um, like I want to take my fantasy world and then at some point make the, my sci-fi just like do a Brandon Sanderson kind of did, but like even more so like do like a thousand years after um, my original books were set in the same fantasy world. So oh, the technology is there. Awesome. So you do have like a, it's more like a Warhammer type of thing, just mm-hmm. not as much technology. Um, but you know, you have yeah. your paladins, you have your clerics, you know, things like that. But, that's awesome. That is but so I like, awesome. I think that's great advice though, is, you know, just saying, you know, what you did is just let one kind of take the reins and then or build a foundation and then let the other one kind of fill in. I think that makes a lot of sense. So, Yeah. And it was very hard to find people that were, even though sci-fi and, and fantasy are usually come hand in hand, right? It's always sci-fi fantasy, sci-fi fantasy, right? When it came to agents, when it came to finding my genre, I was like, wow, it's a lot more divided than I thought it would be. Right. So finding that middle place in between, there was a, a lot of limited resources where I could really use them as comparison books or use them as books that like I've read in the past that I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen this before. I haven't really, you know, and McCaffrey touched on the science fiction aspect very, very lightly. Right. Um, in, in that sense. And, uh, you know, or you get the complete opposite where it's, it's just pure sci-fi, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see that because I know they exist. I know that they're out there, but a lot of them. I know are more newer authors, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was really exciting to like try to see where where that could fit in. Like I know there was one, um, uh, what's it called? Once in Future, something. But it was a YA science fantasy. They drew on Arthurian legend, but they set it in space, right? So they went full science angle with a okay. touch of fantasy in it, right? Oh. Whereas mine is earth based, but a touch of science fiction in the sense that it's aliens coming to earth and, and having that like kind of like arrival and yeah, <laughs> yeah. very much, you know, that movie. Yeah. So it's kind of that, that angle for sure. Oh, what so a, yeah, it's a great movie. <laughs> it, oh, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. So it's basically like the end of that, oh, um, cool. you know, the whole reveal where they're actually there to help humans. That was what I was like, yes, yes i want that because there's so many times where aliens are like vilified yeah, <laughs> right? right and you're like no no i want them to play a different role i want yeah, them yeah. to see it 
right? And then also not knowing where that may lie, right? So you have your morally great characters, you have your, are they a villain? Are they a hero? Maybe they're both. You know, I feel like a lot of my books are always focusing on, well, what if they're both? Yeah. You know, because to some, they can be interpreted as disasters, right? Like, why would you come to Earth to to influence human history when it's it's human history? It should be based on humans. And then versus the other side to it, right? Are you actually here to help us? Are you our saviors? Yeah. Are you our gods at that point? You know, like, is this a new sense of theology? So, yeah, no, definitely different angles. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I know, like, one guy I talked to, he was... um he had like a like we were watching a lot of like I love UFOs and aliens and stuff so I watched a lot of stuff and um we were watching one documentary and um somebody had posed a question that said well if aliens meant us harm on a whole scale like why aren't we enslaved already like essentially um or like, destroyed yeah or destroyed yeah like why would you why would you well like it's the same thing right it's like avatar like why wouldn't you just come if you have more technology and just take all of our stuff and to me like I was like oh that's a good question and you know, then he came back to me later. He goes, yeah, so uh, I did this thing. And he goes, uh, I'll tell you what's up. I'm like, so what'd you do? And he goes, I, uh, I took it and ran with that question. I guess essentially like he's writing um, like why, like, like we're being protected by a group of aliens or like an alien race versus all the other yeah. ones who do to us harm. And it's basically about like their kind of like essentially like their police force which protects our planet. And I was like, that is such a cool oh, idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I was like, that. yeah, I was like, that's really neat. So I know he's like working away on that. So I was like, that's a really cool concept. It's, yeah, it's like more in depth than that, but. What's that animated show that, uh, not Invincible. Oh my God, it's so good. It was so, so good. Came out super gory. It's about a boy and his dad's a superhero. Is that Invincible? Um, I thought it was Invincible. Yeah, I thought it was Invincible or something like that. One of those. I have the comic. I have the. I have the first. Yeah, the comic. Yeah, exactly. But there was that that pseudo police force, and the guy visits, and he's like, "Oh, I'm supposed to take care of Earth a little bit, you know." But it was so subtle, and I'm like, "That's really cool." Like, I'm so glad that your friends are writing that because, like, to have something purely dedicated, that's really cool. Yeah, because it was the same as like when you're talking about the Roman Legion that went missing. I I watched a documentary about that, and they mentioned it so briefly, and I'm like. I'm sorry, sir. Can you go back and make an entire show about this? Because why are you like, oh, and then they went missing. Ta-da, and then they like leave it. And Top then that's three. It. There's no reference. Yeah. Top <laughs> three, by like, the way. Top three legions. <laughs> Top three most experienced legion of all time, right? Top three. Disappeared. 5,000 like, men what? disappeared without a trace. No one's ever found a shield. No one's ever found a spear. No one's ever found, you know, a helmet. Like, no, like 5,000 yeah. bodies just disappear. Like, and then now especially now, that day and age right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like now um because like they like i found i so i'm like doing a lot of research so i found evidence where you know like they like were obviously having trouble with because they were almost destroyed by Boudica, like queen Boudica. um about i think it's like i'm probably this week misquoting but i think it's about 45 years before they disappear so they basically disappear it's like 108 like ad so there's like one 14 or something like that or 124 there is mention of them either in hispania or gaul but they think now like i, I read one thing where they oh it's a clerical error they actually did they just moved out of there and i'm like but hadrian huh. goes back to the wall after yeah. they disappeared allegedly and i'm like why on earth would he go back then and then later on they have to pull yeah. out really quick after that and i'm like doesn't make any sense it's so like, cool it's yeah. so cool yeah and like that, that's the thing like it's like 
these massively fascinating things and yet they're so swept under the rug because there's no answer for it right yeah. and it's like well no i want to want to take it out from under the rug <laughs> you know yeah. dust it off and, and see where totally. it can go right yeah so, and that's where i just I thought that. well I, I might even start i was thinking about doing this as like starting with archaeologists that like like somebody in a field right like a farm field or whatever or depending on where I want to like put their location. I've been, they, they, they were lost somewhere in like these forests, like north, like east of their port, um, more like towards like, uh, like, you know, like the picks. Uh, so I mm -hmm. thought, well, what I maybe could do is like have it open up instead of with them and their time is like open up into present day and have somebody discover oh. them and they discovered like, you know, like the, one of the yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's the prologue. And then they're like, well, why aren't there any like, bodies or whatever and then have that be you know like you only find a few things and then the story cuts in and then later on you find out that the zombies actually eat the entire thing <laughs> so that's why that's awesome you know, like, that's so cool yeah, such a I fun like, spin i love that yeah that's i'm awesome. like i just my friend did such a cool thing like yours like like jay and uh jay day and dotson was another one like just doing cool stuff and i was like oh, i was like i really like that's like dirk ashton too like him and i talked like i think there should be a whole different genre called mythological fantasy um because like, that's what dirks is and my friend yeah you know some she wrote something similar and i'm like well that's really what i like to do with urban fantasy is like really it's not really urban fantasy a lot of the times you know it's it's mythological fantasy and i think whether yes, exactly it's, you know it's urban or historical fantasy it's like it's still yeah you know i just think there needs to be a mythological fantasy i told dirk him and i are going to start it together absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yes yes definitely yeah. that is awesome and then you awesome. can do like mythological sci-fi or something like that because then I yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it'd be cool that'd be so much fun yeah, I love yeah. That. uh so i'm actually really curious for that fifth question how did you land on ya for your audience um, they always say, write what you know, right? And um, I always, always write YA. I mean, the only time, so I started reading when I was super, super young, but um, I was introduced to quite mature books really quickly because my dad loves to read. Like he always had like, he's an entire library in the basement, right? So I'd always go down there and go, okay, can I read this? And my dad would be like, no, not yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I went from Magic Treehouse, like super, super middle grade, and I jumped straight to adult. Um, so I, I guess in that sense, and then there were some books like Piers Anthony's Zank series. Um, that was something that I absolutely loved. I love the adventure aspect. I mean, it has not aged well whatsoever. I mean, yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of, you yeah. know, sexist a, undertones a or whatever, stuff, yeah, you know, it wasn't quite great, well. but the adventure aspect was like so fascinating to me. But then ever since I went to adult, I just read YA because it was right, right where, you know, even at. 10, 11, I started reading, you know, young adult novels. And, and like I said, it's really evolved over time. And now they're dealing with much more serious subject matter. And, and which is important because as a kid growing up, I wanted to be introduced to death. I wanted to be introduced to those different concepts because that's exactly when you're experiencing it and it's scary. So you want it to not be scary. Right. So um, even my book, um, one of my buddies, he gave it to uh, his kid and his kid's 10. And I was like, um, are you, you know, there's like murder in like a lot of murder in it. And he goes, no, my kid reads like above his age. And, and like, again, I want to introduce like, you know, death concepts to it. So after reading, like just continuously young adult, I knew that that was kind of the realm that I wanted to exist in. Right. So middle grade seemed a little bit too young for me. And it's, it's, um, I always loved the adult themes, but in a digestible format that can go to such a wide audience. 
And nowadays, young adult isn't just, you know, 13 to 17 or 13 to 19, depending on who you talk to, um, but adults read it, right? Like, I mean, here I am, you know, almost 30 and I'm, I'm still devouring, you know, YA fiction. Um, And I was like, that's, it's a really special genre because it reaches so many different people, right? It's not too young for adults to read, but it's not too old for, you know, young kids to read if, you know, they're, they're able to, um, you know, read those more serious topics. So I felt like that was really, really important for me to make sure that it would reach a wide audience, especially when I involve uh, multiracial characters, right? So for me as a kid, I never saw, I mean, representation in terms of Asian representation never happened. You know, I grew up with it a lot in Vancouver. I came over to Ottawa and it was non-existent, you know, in media, non-existent. We were always like their nerdy, you know, friends. But being a mixed kid, it kind of had this special angle where you don't quite fit in either boats, right? Um, You know, I'm too white for my Asian crowd, too Asian for my white crowd. I actually lived in China for three years and there I was viewed as white. You know, they touched my hair, which is curly and they're going, how is that possible? They, they rubbed my tummy because it wasn't, you know, Asian skinny, you know what I mean? Like it was so different. But then when I tried to interact with both of those different communities back in Canada, where at the time there was not very many mixed kids, you know, I was probably one of three in my entire community. Um, there was so much of a, a, a loss of identity, you know, um, a loss of sense of belonging. And so for me, I really, really want to write books that can, give you representation from no matter what walks of life, right? Mm-hmm. That's so important to me, but also so that I can write books for people who never found themselves in any other books, right? Um, so that, that's extremely crucial to me. And because of that, why it was perfect, because I could really touch the older kids who are also, you know, kids and adults now who are like me, the first of that generation of mixed kids to the younger generation, which is massive like everywhere I look now you know there's mixed kids and multiracial kids yeah. and it's it's so exciting to me because now like our entire community is blending in color and religion and gender and everything and I'm like this is what I've been waiting for you know now's the time to be writing those books where that doesn't even play a part you just see yourself in it yeah right so um that's definitely the angle where I, I, I wanted to you know I guess the platform that I wanted to take on um but that's exactly it. Like young adult has that far reaching capacity to be a supportive resource for the young, but also excitement for all of the above. Right. Okay. So, yeah. That's awesome. I definitely agree with representation. Like that's where all my stuff, I was like, uh, it's just, it doesn't work. And, you know, as a teacher, I'm like, you know, I want one of my kids, all my kids at some point, if they read them, cause I do more, I'd say like forgotten realms type things. Like yeah. I don't do, like I don't do like sex scenes or stuff like that. Like I might allude to some things. I don't really focus on romances too much. Like it's more of a, you know, like political, um, ethical kind of struggle, you know? So there's not really, Mm -hmm. I would say time for that, but I don't focus on that. But like, I want them to always be able to pick up one of my books in the future and, you know, see themselves as the hero, um, whether or not they're from whatever walk of life. Like to me, that's been like really, really important. Um, especially with talking with different kids, like, a lot of kids from a lot of different countries like refugees um you know like i think you could i think the only place i have not taught a student from is australia <laughs> like that's about it yeah really eh? <laughs> like literally like that's about it um so yeah, yeah i definitely agree with you it's you know hearing some of the things that they have said to me i'm like oh, okay i'm like so that's been like a mission for my own writing is you know to make sure that they can see themselves and 
I got into it really heatedly with some Lord of the Rings fans recently with the the black elf and yeah. i'm like first of all when i saw that trailer i was like this guy looks awesome this is <laughs> like, awesome yeah, yeah I was like, exactly. wow like, i was like he looks so cool i was like he's probably one of the few you know things in terms of television like people like characters in terms of television recently where i'm like i, I have to like i'm gonna eat up every single scene that that character is in and i'm like i'm ready to go yeah. and then to hear people be like well that's not traditional that's not tolkien's world building i'm like get it's out of unrealistic here. You it know? is unrealistic get out of here like, like i love lord of the rings like i will die on every single hill like i hope to gosh there's never anything released like you know the whole you know you know who yeah yep. situation with the yep. hp series and for yep. me like that it destroyed me and I'm like well that's it you know like I'm in full support so of the trans community so there's no way in, in heck I'm ever going to touch that but yep. Lord of the Rings I'm always like oh gosh but I've always noticed like even rewatching it I rewatch it every year extended versions all in the same day it's quite horrifying but also fantastic usually on Thanksgiving so that I'm cooking turkey <laughs> at the same time but I watch it every time but then that was it was only recently and I'm like why does this seem so unrealistic to me? Like, why is it hitting different to me? And then I look, I'm like, oh, I, wow, did not realize that there is, it's, it's all Caucasian, you know? Yep. It like, it's I'm like shattered glass. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, it like ruined it for me so now. Bizarre. I was like, well, I, cause I argue with these guys and on, you know, and there's all, there's all these, you know, white guys on this particular, I just stopped following this group. I was like, I just do that on social media. Like if you don't, like, I just feel like it's my social media. If you don't follow my views, like, that's like with friends too. I'm like, we can disagree on politics, but we can't disagree on those types of things. Cause those are exactly, kind of things. Exactly. Yeah. I believe those aren't politics. Those are beliefs. And if, I feel like if you don't have the same beliefs as your friends, like then, you know, they're acquaintances maybe. That's but, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, just, I, I got so mad. I, I was like, oh, what they said, I was like, listen, I said, well, you're talking They're like, well, they did a great job with the movies. I said, but the movies were some of the most whitewashed times in the history of film. I'm like you had like, exactly you had the yeah. gods of Egypt movie coming in and all the dudes basically the most popular, <laughs> yeah. three most popular guys exactly. were white with Egyptian they guy. weren't being hired nobody yeah. was a, a yeah. person of color was being hired at yep. the time you know now it's changed like the fact that it took this long for Shang-Chi to, to become popular you know it's That's like great movie. oh but oh everyone loves so the movie you know so good. and it's funny because like I grew up with those those Asian movies from like a very young age right like Jackie Chan like all that stuff oh, like, I, love I Jackie watched Chan. that <laughs> religiously it was fantastic and so when I came to Canada and realized that it wasn't popular necessarily here I mean like we had rush hour but it wasn't quite there yet and even then it's like that was like a cult favorite and like why is it a cult favorite it should be the world yeah. favorite you yeah. know what I mean and I just sit there and you're like well why can't it you know so like for me when I watched the the new trailers I was like yeah this is right this feels much yeah. more normal to me like it, it feels like it fits yeah. you know and uh you know I didn't even think about the fact that it might have the opposite you know viewpoint and people might come out of the woodwork with opposing views and I was like why like this yeah. is freaking awesome <laughs> I was like wheel of time I'm like I'm like what are you talking Period about point end of statement like it's so yeah. cool and the fact that you know and like the fact that we get to dive back into that world like again yep. with a new angle yep why would you not want that yep. no matter what shape or form like this is so cool to me and so like the representation is so it's so important. And the thing is, is that it's becoming normalized now. And I, I'm so excited about that, you know, because, you know, it, it brings tears to my eyes, truly. Like when I watched um, Crazy Rich Asians, I, oh, such a good I movie. actually, 
I full out bawled in the mo- in the movie theater to the point movie. where my friend was like, do you need to take a step outside? And, and I'm half and I always get, you know, you're not Asian enough. You're not Asian enough. But no, I grew up with those songs. I grew up with those references. I grew up with that because that is my family, right? So when I'm watching, I'm bawling eyes out and, I, and my friend's just like do you need to take a break and the only time that I've ever cried in a theater was Marley and me so you can definitely oh, see how much how important that played you yeah. know and um the fact that like I'm witnessing that now closer to 30 versus kids who are getting exposed to that now like that's so so exciting right yeah. and even for your students the fact that they're brave enough to ask those questions yeah, you know yeah. to your teacher like that is so that means that's a, that's a huge kudos to you as a teacher because they're comfortable enough to say that yeah. and they know that they're in an environment that it can be discussed yeah. you know without fear and that's so important right because yeah anyway i mean it's it's just it's meaningful and it's oh, so yeah. exciting so that's exactly it like yeah. i mean a lot of the fantasy books that i always identified were when they didn't describe the main character yeah because right? you can put yourself in that character too because yeah. <laughs> you get to just yeah exactly okay. right so yeah. no it's, it's a total different game changer now too right and it doesn't limit anyone in any way you yeah. know to have that representation there yeah. so i think that's just something that people need to keep in mind it, it limits no one in any way well i'm like no offense no offense to anybody but i'm like if you if you really need a lack of representation i'm like there are so many books and movies out there for for decades for decades yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's your genre go ahead you guys go ahead exactly we're gonna enjoy the evolution of you know actually being human and enjoy you know seeing different people and again i think um you know like like i said when i you know my friend I'm so glad he said that to me because I was like, he goes, it's not your fault. He's like, you're just, you're a white man. He goes, you have a different perspective. And, you know, now, but like in terms of, you know, even just, you know, being able to say that about my writing, I, you know, I have a lot more, you know, female characters, um, you know, I had like, there's one in particular, I just love her. And I'm like, she's just so awesome. And I'm like, if he had not said that, like, I would not have created her, you know, and it's like, I, I, I give him a lot of credit, you know, for being a good mm-hmm. enough friend to be like, Hey, you know, like, this is what's wrong with your writing. And, you know, yeah. think especially like six years ago was particularly when, you know, a lot of guys in the, you know, fantasy and sci-fi community are like, Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Like, is this, is this what we're trying to do? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's almost mm-hmm. like you, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I, I felt like I had to take my helmet off, you know, like, like I, there's yeah. almost like media. I don't know. I do. It's feel a like rewiring. It. It's really, it really a rewiring. Yeah. I do feel yeah. like part of it was on purpose. You know, like part of it was on mm-hmm. purpose. Again, like my student said, like you know, these people. And it's true. Like you know, being a history teacher, I can tell you, like it's definitely true. Like you know, they want to keep their power. And you know, I'm like, wow, as a kid, even leeches into media like books. You know, like seeing like you know, I love David Eddings. I do, but you know, <laughs> there's another one who you know a lot of you know you you have, you have Silk and a couple characters you know of color that are good guys, but you know, again, the majority of the evil people are, you know, from like, you know, Middle Eastern or, you know, like African oh, like cultures. It's and so it's tiring. Like, yeah. It's and like, I'm like, come on. Oh. yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you have Polegra and you have, yeah. you know, these other great female characters, which Tolkien didn't do. I go with that. You know, I, I, I got into it with these guys because I was like, you know, I go, Tolkien did fight for colonialism. And I said, he has a lack of representation from his book because of that those ideas mm-hmm. I said I don't think it's necessarily his fault but I said you know I said that was just an unheard concept it exists yeah it, it, you have exactly to yeah and the lack of women representation too you know you have a couple female yes, characters yeah. and they do very little you know I'm like so yeah. what do you want I said what do you want you want also us to roll back you know female characters as well just so you can be happy 
you know, I said, you're not saying anything about the female characters in the, in the mm-hmm. movie, you know, Galadriel is going to have a much bigger part to play. And she has in the Hobbit movie, all of them. I'm like, so would you like us to actually go back to how Tolkien wrote them? I said, so is yeah. it necessarily representation that you don't like, or is it something yeah. else, you know, and they don't want to hear. Well, that, even, but. even Peter Jackson's spin on everything. Right. I mean, like, even like, I know Eowyn and, uh, and Mary's scene there, you know, with where they, you know, they slice off the Nazgul's head, you know, like that whole yeah. scene has been pulled apart, reinterpreted, reangled. And it's like, like in the end, I loved what Peter Jackson did with it. I mean, the fact that a lot of those female characters were brought to the forefront, regardless, that's why I identified it, right? Yeah. Like, as much as, yes, I freaking love Aragorn, like, hello. But you had Arwen, who's like saving Frodo and, you know, cutting herself and running through and like riding horses. Then there's freaking Eowyn, who's just the badass of all, you know, badass women, you know, in that thing. And then Galadriel, like, it was never ending. And I was like, this is really cool. And that's very subtle. There was only three yeah, huge yeah, yeah. female characters yeah. in this massive cast. But that, it meant so much to me. It meant so much to have that there. And even just that small little dose of it was more than enough at the time, right? But in the end, the world is changing. Are you going to change with it? Or are you going to be stuck in your head? If, if so, fine. Keep writing what you want to write. You know, yeah. there is an audience for it, I'm sure, you know, so continue. But it shouldn't limit you in any yeah. way. You know, it, this all this means is that the world has opened up. You can now explore different point of views. Like, that's what I always loved about fiction was because, like, you can read it and you could be a boy in one book and a girl in another book with a different mindset. But it doesn't mean anything to me as a person. Like, it doesn't affect who I am. My identity is still the same, but I get to explore those different mindsets. That is so cool. Like, it has such an incredible power. So why not embrace it? Yeah, right, yeah. rather than you know, shy away from it and go, mm, girl cooties, I don't want them in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 it seems so yeah. trivial now, right? Yeah, but yeah. uh, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, I just that's why better... like, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I just the better... YA audience is like totally taking over there, so yeah, well, it's even like John Flanagan, you know, like he, I love his Rangers Apprentice series, like I loved it, I still do, I, I haven't even finished the last book because I just can't, um, but then I have to because then I have to get to his uh, Royal Ranger series. Um, which is, is um, the main character's daughter, um, and I really oh, awesome. and I was like I was like look at John, you know, like John's a good example of you know like you know of somebody who you know had great success with male young male characters, but even in his original books, the female characters I think really stole the show because without them, like they the main characters, like two two main male characters would they be dead first of all, <laughs> like you know they they yeah, couldn't get away yeah. without them. So he's I mean he's one of those people that I've always modeled myself after and I mean he's just he's just awesome and he's got a lot of different characters from different backgrounds and stuff and I give him kudos for you know giving his main you know character you know characterization over to you know a female character you don't see a lot of you know successful male authors do that you know and I mean yeah and it's brave it truly is brave and it's such a it's such a small thing to do and yet it impacts so many people, you know, and, yeah. and if it's like, really, if you're not going to do it, are, are you really wanting to cut out that many people that you could yeah. bring your work into and, and yeah. change their, their lives, you know, for the better? It's like, why would you want to do that? I don't understand. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> you know? um, Daniel Aronson, um, his Moth series. Oh, my gosh. Like I without the two female characters, I mean, there, there's no story. Like there's literally no story. And he took, um, so it's such a great concept of a book. Like, so he takes this world and it stopped revolving. So this is all in day now. 
forever and this side is all in night so the people mm-hmm. evolve according to their side so you have right. one side where it's basically like drow and they're very dark skinned they have you know light hair and they almost have like an asian type culture and it's it's he, he just did such a good job and then it's about like this other side which is more like european and then the two meet and i mean the two main characters it's just like uh, the two main female characters were some of the best characters I've ever read from anything. And the one in particular from awesome. the, the dark side. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was just, it, it made me think of so many concepts. I'm so glad that I was able to find him at a time uh, where I was, because that's where I had started writing again. And I was just like, oh, this is so interesting. And his characterization is just amazing, but he's another one where it's like, I can't imagine his books being as good without the female characters. And you know, having, um, you know, different races in there because other, I mean, he just, he made me think of writing and reading in such a different way. So I think that, yeah. that really there's a university out. Yeah. There's like a universality of it, I guess. Yeah. In, in that yeah. sense, you know, it's like, it's so far reaching and, and that's the thing in the end, like we shouldn't have to question any book for these things. Yeah, it should yeah. just all be in there naturally. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. my new YA fantasy that I'm writing or that I finished and I'm querying right now it's in a world where just love is love and everything's just like, it, there's zero question about it. It's, it's yeah, the yeah. characters introduced. Are they a villain? Are they not? Are they morally gray? Are they in between, you know? And, and that's the only thing you should worry about is yeah, the adventure yeah. is the story is the history is the choices, you know, because or, or are the choices and like, that's, that's what makes books so great. Right. Yeah. It's not necessarily, Oh, where did they come from? Or where, what are they doing? Or it's just, how do people operate and people is so inclusive (laughs) it should be right so yeah no i'm excited for where this world is heading yeah still got a lot of a lot to work on but regardless you know i mean if we can each play even the smallest part to evolving the world in that sense like i think that's just a win no matter what so yeah yeah. Yeah. it's like steven erickson like we're reading we're almost done with mal's and book of the fallen and i mean you know, Steven Erickson, like, I like how he does it because it's so ingrained in his world, like different races, different sexual orientations, um, you know, people's, you know, sexual preferences, like, um, you know, we had my friend and I like, you know, we come from very different backgrounds. Uh, and uh, my best friend and like, you know, he was like, did you did, did was that? It's like, were these two guys together? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure, you know, and he goes, well, that was very subtle. You know, he's like, it just felt like so natural. And then that was like the first time I think was in like before. And then the more we got on, it was like, it was just, it'd be here, it'd be there. But, you know, and he was like, wow, he goes, this is, we both said, we're like, how is no, I can't believe no one's ever mentioned it. But Steven Erickson, I think did such a good job of inclusion because you have women, you have people of different races, you have different sexual orientations. Absolutely naturally. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly. just, it's so yeah. done naturally. It's not like, you know, in your face, which I don't think is also a bad thing, but it was just so naturally ingrained in his world that you almost didn't notice because it was so subtle and it had nuances in every facet. And he's a historian and archaeologist, so an anthropologist, sorry. And I just think that he did such a great job with the you know, the sociology of his world, it was just like, it's, yeah. I was like, I like that. Cause it's, it, it, I think it shows a more um, like my view on it where people are just people and relationships are just relationships. And exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, it I, all has to do with people's choices and that, that yeah. no matter what, it varies from person to person within yeah, yeah, yeah. cultures, with outside of, you know, religion, within religion, you know, people operate very differently and that should be yeah. what we're looking at is the human condition and human yeah, choices yeah. and 
you know, all of that. So it's just like, if you can change one person's mindset so that you have that where he goes, Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. That is the biggest win of all. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it, you shouldn't have to notice it because it should be just part of our lives. It should. You know? I think, yeah. I think that, I think <laughs> no matter what. Very well. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I just, I felt like he, he captured the feeling so well of how I feel about it. Where I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, like you be you. I just thought he did a really good job with it. But yeah that's awesome all right so this was almost one of the questions that i ruined earlier but i was trying to wait till now uh, <laughs> how many books do you plan in this first series uh and in within this universe so right now it is fully fully outlined um it's oh. outlined as a duology but you oh, never cool. know <laughs> you yeah, never yeah. know where that can lead you I know, like i've that. always wanted to, i've always wanted to write a trilogy but at the same time i let the story kind of speak for itself so like are all of the the questions answered that should be answered or it, are the character arcs full right so i mean a lot of it is is quite honestly a journey for me because you could have a character suddenly show up from the sidelines um excuse me i'd like a entire <laughs> yeah. you know side side story here uh, it's like okay well fine then <laughs> you know i'll go with that but uh right now it's aimed for duology because um, awesome. I, I really like how so once again i'm inspired by images so i've already designed the second book cover cool. um in hopes of it you know and because of, i'm just a very visual person and, and i find colors and images like no matter how subtle can kind of inspire me in different ways right oh, yeah. So I have it, and I guess the only thing I can really reveal is that my goal is to have a second book, like um, like red themed. So the first one is is oh, very blues, cool. purples. You know, it's it's everyone's journey and into becoming an adult and and coming of age, but also like the calmness within somebody when they know what their fate is, and yet right after that everything's going to be completely you know upended so that's when the reds come in the anger the passion the i'm going to question myself and question those around me you know and, and you get a little taste of it at the the end of um, the first book and and so i really want to see that full evolution and how it can kind of once again kind of cycle back and, and yeah, yeah. show the entire character's journey so again i'm a very visual person so i'm, I'm hoping for duology but you never know unless you <laughs> find a third in there yeah i have to tap into another color or something yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. so yeah but um the universe sorry my, my dog a little bit um the universe itself oh my gosh i absolutely love it and i think that there's so many different ways of uh you know angling it um whether it's a prequel series or not um again it's more just based off of what am i excited about you know yeah. what's going to draw me in but i feel like again like this universe especially has like zero limitations and and for me like I can like what was super exciting for me was I could see this as a TV series. I could see this as oh, a movie, okay. and everybody could say that. But for me, the excitement of being able to create something that has that episodic, yeah. you know, pull, like that's always the goal for me, right? Yeah. Like I want you to not want to stop reading, right? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of it I'm still learning, and, and much to everybody, you know, an author's journey never really quite ends. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. just constantly evolving, constantly learning, constantly growing and adapting, you know? So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, my other book is quite a different approach. So I'm yeah. pretty, pretty excited to explore different worlds for now. And then we'll see if, uh, we go back to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Thank for you. that seventh one there, uh, I'm really interested <laughs> in this answer. Uh, so who are some of the sci-fi and fantasy authors that have influenced your writing as an author? Oh goodness. Well, Anne McCaffrey, obviously, um, the dragons of current, that was like, yeah. oh my goodness. Like that was, it was so pivotal to me because again, it was like, um, 
I don't know. It was just such a mystery. Again, you didn't know what to expect. Right. Yes. And I loved how she adapted that, like the world that she created, it was something so familiar. And yet at the same time, you're kind of like, Oh, but what does this mean? Where will this lead? Right. Um, I love that. Um, I'm going to say somebody who's kind of not, but more myths and legends, obviously um, like the Da Vinci code, right? Like, I mean, that entire book oh, was, yeah. was huge for me because it was the mystery aspect of it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's how can I answer something that seemingly already has been answered? And I think that tone of, again, questioning your own knowledge and challenging your own knowledge was something that was super important to me. But beyond that, obviously, it's like Piers Anthony, Neil Schusterman, um, Melissa Myers. Like she wrote oh, a yeah. fantastic Y series, The Lunar Chronicles. Oh, my goodness. It was so underrated, and it was one of my favorites. Cinder was uh, was the first one. Yeah, and it's yeah. basically taking, you know, Cinderella and twisting it on his head. She's a she's a cyborg and living in this, you know, co- totally cool, like fascinating, you know, world. And I was like that excitement of the young adult sphere. I want to pull that in. So it was, it's funny because I guess a lot of the authors that I'm inspired by, they're kind of cross genre, cross ages, cross everything because I'm pulling so many different aspects that made me want to read more books of theirs you know what was it that made me you know push further right um but yeah yeah those are the big ones um julie kagawa oh my goodness like her entire talent series like just oh all of it it's just so cool how people are taking these unique you know aspects and um one of my favorite authors recently is uh, alicia dow um she wrote the sound of stars she actually uh endorsed my book and i was so shocked and I was so excited. So it's at the very top of my cover if you guys want to take a look. That's cool. Um, but just having somebody that I was reading, she's breaking the mold in a lot of ways, you know, in terms of representation, in terms of, again, that self-identity and self-challenge. And it, it was beautifully done. And she's creating the science fiction world. And I'm like, like that, that's so cool. That's so important to me, right? So um, I'm definitely inspired by her as well. So. Yeah, and the fact that she endorsed my book was just like that's okay. super cool. <laughs> my my life my life's made. That's pretty that's pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely. But uh yeah. That's super cool. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> <laughs> uh for so for our last one there, uh, do you have any promos, news, updates, or anything like that that you like to share with us? Um, I guess the biggest one is that Avasanam is becoming a, a an audiobook and oh, I am so, cool. so excited. Um, so I actually was able to via TikTok, um, I ended up coming across this narrator and I was like, I, I know her and I know her voice. And um, it's Natalie Nottis who has oh, okay. narrated, she's narrated Victoria Aviard, she's yeah. narrated Marie Lou, and I'm just like her voice, like she's she's a, an opera singer as well, right? And just the like the beautiful resonance of her voice, I'm like that's what I want. Like if anybody is going to read my book, clearly it's not going to be me, you know, because I hate hearing my own voice. <laughs> you know what I mean? My parents are like, why don't you record it? And I'm like, no, 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 I can't do that. Like I can't ruin my book that, <laughs> that way. Or her voice is so fantastic. And she's also multiracial like me oh, cool. and Everence. So that, that was a huge uh, additional connection to that. And obviously she's extremely talented, you know, so um, getting her on board is super exciting. So it's going to be coming cool. summer 2022. Um, of us and them also recently won the uh, as a distinguished favorite for the independent press award for 2022 and that's going to be announced on monday so i'm very excited about that um i'm querying my new series and yeah that's pretty much it but i'm working on the sequel and i'm just really excited to share it so 
hopefully down the road, you know, I'll be able to release that soon and, uh, yeah. you know, continue everyone's journey and see, hopefully if it concludes, I'm, I'm aiming for it to conclude, <laughs> but uh, we will see. We'll see if she's okay with that. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. Those are the big updates in my life. So. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats again on, on you know, being nominated. That's a, a, like you said, right? It's a great sticker to have on, you know. On the, oh, it was absolutely. <laughs> I, was, I was so surprised, and especially in the young adult fiction section, you know. Yeah. So there's one winner and, and three runner-ups in a way and distinguished favorites. And the, and the fact that I made the, the cut was really, really, yeah. it was such a huge honor, you know, and seeing it just being I guess recognize at a different level is really cool. So, because yeah. I mean, you always hear from your friends and family, oh, I loved your book, you know, but yeah. it, it, it's different, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, I just think that, you know, YA, like my mom was teasing me. She she really wants me to write a, ch- a children's book for my nephew and like both of them. And I'm like, mom, I'm like, I'm like, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of work. I was like, and no, I was like, I was like, I'll just get you your copy. I was like, I'll just do it for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's just so hard. I was like, that's a, I said, other than YA, I said, that's the hardest genre to get into. But YA too. Yeah. Is, you know, it's, it's very difficult. So for you to, you know, get that type of recognition, I mean, you know, that's, that's amazing. Like YA is a very, okay. very, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that even just recently again, that, you know, I just don't think indie is changing that much, you know, where, um, where YA is that much easier. So I think that is, I mean, I, I know that's a huge accomplishment. So that's, that's really thank awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And like the fact that my journey was through a small publisher this time, yeah. you know, um, whether it's self-pub in the future or agent in a big five, like as long as I get my stories out there, I'm really, really excited about that. And yeah, I mean, no matter what, I, it's there. I can read its pages and flip them because I'm still like a very physical book person. Yeah, <laughs> as oh, much amen. as I, I read, I, I do both, but I don't know. It's something, something different, you know, to add to the to your yeah. own library. To have your book there is just such a cool such a cool feeling yeah, yeah so if I could afford it I do all paper bags but I just can't so <laughs> especially right? with, uh, oh my gosh, with yeah. Amazon like it's just like it's impossible um you know $20 and, and then I found out recently that you know like for instance if I get like when I got your book on Kindle like I found out that um you know like I'm a couple of my friends I was like I think it was CM Quinn said that you end up making like a, like almost like 60 percent or 40 48 percent I think she said 48 percent more than a paperback and I was like well I've been thinking that you guys were making but more on paperback so, oh, so I feel yeah I was like oh I was like I'm just gonna keep getting everybody on Kindle and then I was like I'll just get the people <laughs> that awesome. I really like on paperbacks and try and get them signed later but then they'll just be a twofer yeah. or something like that but yeah that's super cool <laughs> that's awesome. uh well like our that's audience awesome. knows you know um you'll be able to find you know your um links and everything right in the description so again make sure you're checking out T.L. Coughlin's website um you know go check out you know this book um I think if you guys need once again if you need more than the title the cover and the blurb I don't know if this is the podcast for you um <laughs> I feel like <laughs> uh, everybody we've had on is you know really matched the genre and you know has been interesting so your book um, definitely has, uh, I, and I always wait to, to determine uh, my to be red pile to, you know, really mountain, uh, you know, after people, cause it's one thing to read your blurb. It's another thing when you, you know, actually are discussing meet the people. Yeah. yeah it's exactly. a lot different because it sounds more interesting than even this, uh, you know, the amazing blurb. So definitely moved up. To the <laughs> Thank you. Are. So I'm going to be trying to uh, get a black flame by Will White done today. And <laughs> so awesome. I'll actually be reviewing your book on my channel too. So um, any, um, I had a lot of people ask, so um, you guys can go ahead and uh, it will be a spoilers review. So I'll make sure I put that there. But uh, yeah, really there will be lots of spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Really <laughs> Some murder mystery folks. <laughs> you can't yeah, yeah, get right. around those, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
yeah, well i want to thank you so awesome. much for you know for coming on I, I learned a lot today from you so thank you so much that's why i do these so again i look forward to you know checking out your book later hopefully tomorrow by the time i get to my kindle but uh yeah anytime you want to come back on and you know talk uh mythology writing fantasy sci-fi whatever any news or updates you know and you want to get them out there you know um you've got a spot to do that automatically so i look forward you know to those kind of things in the future for you thanks so much for having me on this i had such a great time and it's always fun to talk to people who have a like-minded you know like-mindedness with the mythology and the legends and the life yep. by fantasy because sometimes you feel like you're screaming out into the void but uh you know people yep. like you with fantastic podcasts are really making those connections to cross cross authors cross readers it's fantastic yeah. so thank you thank oh, you my, much for what you do yeah 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 my tech guy will also uh, a couple of people will will kick me if i didn't say this because i forgot earlier but i will be doing panels as well so um, I do have you and um, P.L. Stewart down as um, inviting back for combining mythology and fantasy. Uh, so I will be sending awesome. information out for those panels uh, for this summer. So be on the lookout for that email. So Love it. That's great. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, you have a great rest of the day and I hope, you know, you enjoy your weekend and I will talk to you later and uh, send an email and maybe on Twitter as well. Thanks so much. All right, have, have a good, a good one. Bye. All right. Bye.